Today on the Brunswick Buzz, we're here with Stacy Frizzle Edgerton, direct executive director for People Plus and the Teen Center in Brunswick. Stacy, welcome. Hi, how are you? Awesome. Thanks so much for stopping by the Brunswick Buzz. And um, as you know, I've also written a column in the Forecaster, uh, singing the praises and the benefits of the Teen Center for our students. And thought it would be a great opportunity for the community, also those our listeners, to hear about the Teen Center. Thought we would first start off with, though, is a just an overview about you and who you are and how long you've been here in Brunswick and why you do what you do. Right. Well, thanks. Uh, I actually, I moved to Maine about 20 years ago okay. from Atlanta. And um, I've been working in the Brunswick community now for 12 years. I was with the BDA for about six months. And actually, I started in February of 11. And so that would be 12 years ago in February. And after about six months, the position of executive director at People Plus came open. And I interviewed for that and applied. And um, very luckily, uh, received the job. So I've been at People Plus now for about 11 and a half years. And the Teen Center is a program that People Plus manages is we are the fiscal responsible agent. We are the parent company per se. Um, and we have several programs within People Plus that support different areas of our community. And the Teen Center is one of which we are extremely proud, uh, I would say. And they've been co-joined now for, the Teen Center's been around for quite a long time, 17-ish years, 17 or 18. Wow. Yeah, you know, okay. it's really interesting. It start, well, honestly, I should revise that. The current version of the Brunswick Area Teen Center Program has been around for about 17 or 18 years. Okay. The original Brunswick Teen Center Program dates back to the earlier 1900s here in Brunswick. Okay. So, for instance, Claude Bonang, who was a longtime teacher at Brunswick High School, and Dick and Bob Morrill, who owned Down East Energy for a million years, they were all original members of the Teen Center program when they were 15, 16, and 17 wow, years old. That's awesome. Yeah, which is some history. Which is great. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and Dick is 90 now. Mm -hmm. And he so when he was 17, he was a member of the Teen Center. So it really does have a long history with Br the Brunswick area. And the teens used to go on ski trips and they'd held dances mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's evolved over the last you know, 65 or 70 years, yeah. <laughs> to really more of an after-school drop-in program. The, the number one thing the teens say, actually, they would like to see is more available hours. Okay. They would come more often. They okay. would come on weekends if we allowed it. We just don't have the staff or the space for that yet, but it'd be great to get, you know, get to yeah. that point. But really right now, the program is uh, Monday through Thursday after mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. It's available for youth in grades 6 through 12. So that's junior high and high school. And it's fantastic because we really do have a blend of all the grades, uh, including the upperclassmen we'll, who've been there for years and years, even though they go off in like 11th and 12th grade and they have jobs and some of them drive and, you, you end know. up with like, I mean, so you have students when they, uh, teens that come, will they tend to go through or stay all in the, the way system? through? We all will get the them for through. all six years. You will. That's yep. really, Even really if beautiful. they start doing other things when they're older, they'll yep. still pop in. Come back to that. Maybe once a week, they'll come in to say yeah. hi. They come for visits, and then after they've they've gone off to college, they'll still come by and visit and say hello. We've had two of our program graduates work at the teen center oh, great. as older okay. adults. So as old, like older, you know, yeah. young adults, but they're like yeah. 19, 20, 21, that kind of thing. So before we go too long, uh, just to remind folks where you're located. We are um, located in the People Plus building. Okay. Uh, the second floor is dedicated to the teen center. It's at the corner of Union Street and Cumberland in downtown Brunswick. 
which is one of the things that makes this teen center so fantastic. It's downtown walking to everything that's in downtown. So they, they will roll off the bus if they ride that bus into downtown, okay. or we will pick them up in our new minivan. So we were having kind of an issue, you and I have talked about this before, we were having an issue getting the kids to the teen center. The buses were full or during the pandemic, they couldn't be like squished all in there together. And so we did a big fundraiser last year and we raised over $50,000 and we bought a seven passenger minivan. Mm -hmm. um, and now we pick up the kids at the schools. Um, we'll at make us the high school and the junior high. We've been doing a junior high pickup only oh because the, as you know, the senior the high, high school, school kids, right. they, they bust to the junior high yes. and then they hop and in our minivan. Yeah. Yep. And so, and it, we can take seven at a time which is a pretty full minivan with kids right after a lot of teenagers, right. but it's been packed before. Quite often we've had to take you know more than one trip, okay. so that kind of okay. thing, if there's more than seven. And that's just been a game changer completely for the teen center, being able to pick them up. Did, was that primarily local fundraising? Did you get grants or was it just... We did. We got a few smaller grants, smaller grants. a thousand here, 2,500 there kind of thing. Okay. Um, but for the most part, we had a match put up by Jim Howard with Priority Realty okay. Group, and he put up a $5,000 match, wow, and then great. we had a lot of businesses come back and match that at 5000 Bill Dodge Auto Group, Rusty Lantern Market, Kelly & Kelly, which is a construction building great. company. Great. Just a lot of people came in, so we raised probably 20 or 25 through that method. Yeah. A lot of smaller donations. We did sort of a capital campaign okay. for that. And then we had two very large donations, one for 16000 and one for 23000 wow. So, yeah, both of whom would like to remain anonymous. Yep. And it was great. So it really did come together. It gave us the funding we needed to both buy the van mm -hmm. and also put aside five years' worth of insurance payments. Oh. We set aside a budget of approximately 5000 a year for maintenance, mm -hmm. uh, registration, all that kind of stuff. And then we had some ongoing support as well. Rusty Lantern Markets has um, sponsored gas for the life of the vehicle. Oh, that is incredible. Which is incredible. John wow. John Cook, who owns shout, Rusty Lanterns. Shout out to Rusty Lanterns. Yeah, and all of his Irving stations. Yeah. He's amazing. And then New England Touchless Car Wash mm -hmm. over across from the fire, the police station on Stanwood. Yeah. So he, he saw our article about getting a minivan in the paper, mm -hmm. drove by and saw it sitting in the parking lot, pulled in and said, I'm going to give you free car washes for the life of this van. <laughs> That's beautiful. Which is amazing. I love this story. I know. This we love great. We love it. That's Sean Casey wow. with New England right, Touchless. Good. So anyway, big shout-outs really to cool. both of them, and thank you to all of those, well, those folks. Well, thank you for telling me that, because I think that's got to be a game-changer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. And, and we, we didn't have that. to use any town funding for that oh, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, we really were able to do that with private funding. So wow. that's, been, that's been awesome. And in the summer, we took the van and picked up kids at their homes because they don't have a bus to get yes. downtown. So we were out picking up at Perryman Village, Bayview, mm -hmm. Oliver Cook's Corner. We had a couple of stops at Brunswick Landing, the former, former Navy base. And it worked really like a charm because we would pick them up around, we're open 1.30 to 4.30, so we'd pick them up around 1.00. And then their parents would be able to get them for the 4.30 pickup. Okay. And that's worked great. In fact, we actually slid to be open till 5 a little bit because it was, a, it was almost too early for parents after work. But we didn't, you know, it made more sense to stay open 30 minutes than to try and drive the kids back home again. Right, so right. we ended up doing that this past summer, and that was fantastic. All right. So let's go back to some of the uh, activities that you students have access to. And we now know where you're located, which we do. But, but um, 
I had that, and then I had a couple other things. But let's talk about what students do. What's a typical day? At the right. Well, uh, I'll lead off by saying we had the kids downstairs a couple weeks ago, and one of the one of the girls, the you know, in the teen center, looked around downstairs at People Plus. So first, we probably might want to mention what People Plus oh, does. Oh yes, thank you. Right. So right. we are a. It's all in the same building. Yeah, right? all so in the same building. That. Perfect. We are a senior community center. Okay. And so it's basically, and I was explaining to this girl, you know, in like eighth grade, uh, I said, well, think of it as a place where your grandparents might come, so older adults, 60, you know, 55 and older, to have a meal, they have lunch, we do breakfast, they play games, mm -hmm. they play cards, they do cribbage, they do mahjong, we have table tennis, like a really great ping pong you know, games five days a week. We have foreign language clubs. They sit around and practice speaking French or Spanish, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a book club. There's dancing. There's just, they just play games and have a good time and hang out and socialize. And she said, oh, it sounds like a teen center for grandmas. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to use that line because that's exactly what it is. And so it kind of gives a feel for what the kids do upstairs. They roll in the door. They immediately start snacking. They, you know, so they, foods, yeah, they gotcha. grab handfuls of, yeah. like yesterday when I was up there, Jordan Cardone, our teen center coordinator, was slicing bananas onto platters and then drizzling chocolate syrup on top oh. and having toothpicks out. Perfect. Along with like bowls of goldfish or pretzels, you know, whatever. Um, we get cookies and brownies and stuff like that dropped off on a daily basis almost. And so they roll in, they immediately start mowing on whatever's there, right? Because it's 2.45 in the yeah, afternoon. It's been a long day. And as you lunch, know, what time yeah. they eat lunch yeah. is no, like just between high today. Yeah, they're 10 30 to exactly. noon. I mean, they're done early. They're done yeah. yeah. Um, and so they're starving by three yeah. in the afternoon. They eat a ton of that food and then they look over and they say, What are we having? Yeah. And they want to know what's for dinner. Yeah. Because at the teen center we provide a full dinner before they leave for the evening at five thirty. And that has been a game changer for a lot of these kids. Um, many of them are lower income, mm -hmm. at risk. They don't have necessarily, then, there's yes. definitely food insecurity. Yep. Um, we send a lot of food home with them. Mm -hmm. All the leftovers will go home, especially on a Thursday because we're closed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Uh, they take it home and they feed siblings. Mm -hmm. They'll pick up stuff from the pantry. You know, that's, uh, we kind of partner with Midcoast Hunger Prevention Program. Okay. Uh, anytime we have any extra food goes home with kids. Okay. So it feeds other kids, it feeds wow. their parent, you know, what have you. And a lot of times these kids, they don't eat another meal. And it was interesting because it, we got a little bit slow during the very beginning of basketball season during tryouts and stuff. And so Jordan didn't make a full meal for a couple days in a row. And the kids were like, oh, where's the food? We're starving. <laughs> Can you feed us again, please? And we're like, oh, yes. Oops, sorry. You know, there weren't, there weren't 18 of you here, so we kind of slacked off a little. The other thing they love is pizza. So once a week, we get pizza from Domino's yeah. in town, and that's we could use a sponsor for that, actually, come to think of it. Um, but a plug, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyone out there listening? And the kids love that because okay. that's a rare treat. They don't get takeout pizza yeah. at home. And so they, they love, love, love when we get pizza day, and then they'll eat. She makes casseroles. She'll do tortillas. Taco is a huge one. Tacos okay. is big, big time. So she'll do taco meat and then the tortilla shells and they kind of build your own. Yep. Sloppy Joe's is actually pretty popular, surprisingly. Uh -huh. And the kids just, they like to have a lot to eat on. And they'll, they'll graze when they first get there, but then they know around 4.45 to 5 o'clock, it's time to come up and finish eating mm -hmm. because she's going to start packing food up. And uh, last summer, they had a lunch out once a week in town. 
That was sponsored. We uh, wrote a grant to the Davis Foundation, the Daniel Davis Fund through the town of Brunswick. Okay. And that was fantastic because the kids got to go experience foods they'd never had before. That Sushi is, place. They yeah. learned how to order off a menu, how to have table manners, put your mm -hmm. napkin in your lap and use your mm -hmm. silverware and, you know, that kind of thing. And that was fantastic. So she would walk, they would walk the posse, the crew into town and go every every week they would vote on what they were going to do they did taco the town they did all these different restaurants with literally foods they'd never had in their lives and it was a fantastic experience so that was really great for them too that's, that's amazing yeah that's so they really try to get out at least once a week in the summer mm -hmm. for a you know an outdoor adventure type thing down into town which again is a fantastic thing about it being located in downtown yeah, location's so yeah which has been awesome <clears throat> and then so in addition to food and they pretty much eat non-stop for the three hours they're there <laughs> They also just hang out. They have a lot of downtime. When I first started working at the center, I you know, wanted to know about the teen center. That was the area that I was the least experienced with. I said, oh gosh, so is there like a format and a structure? Do they come in and it's like three o'clock is the movie and 4.30 right. is you know, yeah. whatever and the, these games at this day and stuff. And she's like, nope. They have literally just come out of seven hours of structure. Oh, of structure. That's a, okay. They're just walking yes. right out of school. Right. This so is their need. relax, chill yeah. out, let their brain decompress, play a game, Interact socialize, kids, socialize yeah, talk, like yeah. freedom to chat, Yes. Uh, and which made a lot of sense. And so once in a while she'll run a movie, but it's mm -hmm. not on a rigid structure. She doesn't say like Tuesday's movie day or anything like that. It's kind of up to the kids. And they will play, we have PSP. We have um, Nintendo, I think there's even still a Wii there, which is funny because we still have a Wii at my house yeah. too, which is like a throwback right. video game. There's uh, Guitar Hero. Okay. There's a standalone Frogger, which is like a game from oh, the 80s. Of course, I remember Frogger. Right, yeah, a standalone, right. like you play a, a, yeah. a game, like a video game from an arcade. Oh, um, and they just have, they have a great time with all of that different stuff. Yeah. We have a freestanding um, mini basketball hoop thing okay. upstairs in the teen center donated mm -hmm. by someone in the community. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's really great. We also have um, computer technology. Oh, so interesting. Tell me more about that. <clears throat> Bowdoin College donated computers. They cycle out computers every four years. Okay. So we'll get a computer that's already four years old, but instead of recycling it into wherever, they'll recycle out two or three to us a year. And so we always kind of have a little influx oh, wow. of older but still very useful still, yes, machines. Right. You know, as you know from the clientele of kids that go to the high, the high school and the junior high, they get computers in the junior high, but not in the high school. Mm -hmm. So our place is one of the places they have access they have to technology. Access to. Okay. And a lot of them, they don't even have Wi-Fi at home. Mm -hmm. Or they don't have anything mm -hmm. beyond their handheld device. Right. You know, whatever that may be, a track phone or, you know, what have yeah. you. So it's a place that they get to come and really use technology. And that's very, very useful. And we'll mentor, we'll help with homework, you know, that kind of thing. If they've got a project, we'll work on it with them. One of the things we'll do uh, a lot is help them as they get a little bit older with like an application for a job. Okay. One kid came in, he was homeschooled, and he didn't have a social security card. He didn't have a driver's license. He didn't, I mean, he just didn't have the things in your life yeah. you need to even go get a job. Mm -hmm. And so we helped him acquire all of those things, fill out the forms, get them notarized, you know, that kind of thing. That's been, that's been an amazing bit of this program that we help them sort of figure out life skills as well. Yeah. The other thing I noticed, that, and well, I wrote about in my column, is that you do, you do draw from other, the other community across the river. Oh yeah, so Mount Ararat. Mount yeah, Ararat. SAD seventy five. Yeah, yep. and that's regularly kind of. Or, yeah, actually, yeah. That's yeah. What the numbers look like when I was looking at that. So, so that's kind of a another way, nice way to for students to interact. 
different communities. It, it is fantastic. And, you know, and yeah. it's, it's actually um, helped by the fact that Jordan Cardone, the Teen Center coordinator's grandchildren, go to SAD 75. Okay. And so they'll come in and then pull in a bunch of friends Other too. Friends. So really? that makes it more accessible and yep. I think an easier fit. But what happens is you would think, well, how do they get there? They actually get off right here in front of your school. Oh, they do. So there is a bus that comes from Mount Ararat High School on the way to Harpswell, and okay. it stops right here at Hawthorne. And then they walk over. And they walk over. Okay. Yeah. And that's an easy. My daughter walk. went to Mount Ararat, and she used to ride that bus and get off there and walk over and okay. ride. You know, she would basically be coming to my office. All right. Kind of thing. Wow. So there is um, easy access for SAD seventy-five, and it is a nice way for them to blend. Yeah. And of course, you know, anytime there's something that happens at that school or at our school or at Freeport, mm -hmm. they're also directly connected via social media yeah. as well. We share Region 10 as well. <clears throat> so exactly. There students, there's a lot of different... Right, know, and we do a, we do a pickup at Region 10. Yeah, yeah we, we have two or, two or three that we pick up over okay. there as well. Yep, so they don't have to ride the bus back to the okay. high school. And so they, the kids know each other. Yeah. Already, you know, even if they're at different high schools, they all know yeah. who the other person is. They see each other at games or online or what have you, yeah. uh, or in the work environment. Sometimes they all work at Hannaford, yeah. right? And it just overlaps. Or they've spent half their life living with their dad in Topsom, and now they live with their mom in Brunswick. You know, so that kind of stuff happens as well. And, uh, and it's been fantastic because there's a nice blending. And the other blending that happens, actually, is amongst social status levels, maybe, is one mm -hmm. way to put it. You might have what, what you consider to be, uh, like I was saying, an at-risk youth uh, who's just home with a single parent. We find that quite often one of the family, the families will have an incarcerated parent. Mm -hmm. And then so there is a single family, I mean a single parent family, blending seamlessly with mainstream, two parents, college educated, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it's really nice because the teen center, something happens when they walk through those doors that all of the pretense drops away. But some of the social, in, you know, issues that yeah. you deal with mm -hmm. in the main in, in the main body yeah. of the high school, they they're eliminated for some reason at the teen center program. We just don't allow them in a lot yeah. of ways, and so they're they're safe. They can be who they are. And for instance, we had one one young lady with an eating disorder who would never eat at school. Mm -hmm. uh, she was just couldn't deal with it. She would come to the teen center though and felt safe and comfortable, and so she would eat at the teen center. And she knew they were her friends and they wouldn't bully her or shame her, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a really lovely way to blend, you know, social classes, diversity with the new Mainers. We have way more diversity okay. than we ever used to have. I mean, you know, Maine was super, it was a very, very white state. And now it's, it's fantastic. We've got all kinds of kids, you know, combined with all kinds of other kids. Yeah. In fact, I bring my dog to work quite often. And it was really interesting because I had my dog up, I brought my dog with me up, up the stairs into the teen center and a couple of the new Mainers were like, whoa, we don't like dogs, keep them away because in their culture, yes. dogs are dangerous, yep. right? And so they've now gotten used to my dog Getting used, yeah. and they'll come down and visit her sometimes in my office and ask, can they take her upstairs? And that, you know, just, you never know what they're going to be exposed to that's yeah. life-changing mm. for them. And so many times it happens unexpectedly or organically at the teen center program. Wow. So, that's yeah, which is amazing. The other thing that was kind of laughed about when we were talking previously about games and whatnot, but you were saying, you talked about chess. Yeah. And, like, I know that's, this is a little bit random, but is, so students just 
enjoyed that. I was surprised by it. There is a big... People playing chess still, right? Yeah, there's a big uptick on chess right now. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's great. Um, It's in both high schools and colleges. It is. The the boys in particular are really getting into chess. Okay. So, yep. Um, In fact, you see it at at all levels, basically, starting from the junior high. So the chess club is kind of, you know, expanded somewhat, uh, is my understanding, at the school. And then that has bled over into the teen center program. So, really you know, cool. the last two or three times I've gone up, the kids have been sitting there playing chess. Playing I'm like, chess. look at you playing chess. Yeah, All right. Right? Nice. Exactly. Yeah, which has been great. So we've talked about location, hours, staffing. You, We've talked a little bit about staff. Do you have a person that's there, one person? How many staff do you have on site? So staffing has been run by Jordan yep. Cardone for the last 15 years. Okay, wow. She actually, she was part of the original group of parents. Mm-hmm. that went in front of town council uh, to get the teen center in place to begin with 18 okay. years ago. She had two teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Her son, uh, Conan McNamara, well, you might know him. Yeah. He's a teacher at the junior yeah. high. So she has four four children, three okay. sons, yeah. and a couple of them were teenagers all at the same time. Okay, yeah. put that together. It's, cool. it's Conan's mom. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so the kids know that too, by the way. Yeah. So they love that they're in Mr. Mac's class, yeah. and then in the <laughs> afternoons they'll come over and hang his out with mom. his mom. Yeah. Uh, and she's a very young mom, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan's fantastic. Anyways, and then we have assistant teen center coordinators. Okay. Uh, and so we have some of them on staff, one or two at any given time. Mm-hmm. And we also have Bowdoin College students. I was thinking that. And yeah. SMCC college students okay. who will intern with us. They get hours for college. Yeah. We just had a young man graduate from SMCC, and he did an entire year with us wow. as part of his degree program, yeah. which was great. He had to get a set number of hours before he could graduate. Bowdoin College runs a program in the summer called the Bowdoin Fellows. Yes, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. and so okay. we have shared a fellow okay. with Housing Resources for Youth mm-hmm. for the last... Wow, three years maybe. Okay. So we've had um, a student from Bowdoin placed up in the teen center. And basically what they do is they, they have to fill 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And neither HRY or the teen center had 40 hours. So we, sh- we split the 20 between us, which gotcha. is great. So they do the afternoons of the summer, which is 1.30 to 4.30. They'll come and do like 1 to 5, roughly, you know, yep. that four-hour stint yep. in the afternoons every, every day. Through the years, we've probably had... 20 Bowdoin College students kind of spread out through the whole time, wow. sometimes as many as three in one summer. That's great. Which is a lot, actually. I was a lot just of reading the, uh, another article about a Bowdoin student being engaged in, in the Brunswick School Department, and the student was talking about the fact that they, were, they love getting out of the quote unquote Bowdoin bubble. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard that phrase, this is my third year here. Oh. And um, I, I really, and the way that student described it, and just being engaged, and yeah. you know, with students, and I can just see the value. My point oh, is, yeah. I bet the value is, you know, both ways. It's I bet it's great for the teen students and our Brunswick School Department students, but also for, for the Bowdoin student to, you know, to interact and oh yeah, and give back. It's, it's so fantastic. Again, kudos to Bowdoin. They were talking that particular student that I was talking about. <clears throat> was um, doing some uh, multilingual learners. Our Brunswick Fellow last summer, actually it's been great, the last two summers we've had, two summers ago, (laughs) we had a six foot tall um, African-American student from Mm -hmm. Los Angeles, California. Oh wow, right. So she could not have been more diverse than all these kids from Mm -hmm. downtown Maine, Mm -hmm. right? And so that was a really fun, Ashlyn was fantastic. She really exposed them to a lot of culture they'd never heard Mm -hmm. about before, Mm -hmm. music, different ways of life, that kind of thing. Last summer, we had a Bowdoin student from the South 
and she um, was very big and to open sort of gender roles mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. definitions. She worked with a lot of the kids to put together um, a flyer talking about what does it mean to be gay or queer, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was hugely eye-opening for them and I think very freeing yeah. for a bunch of the yeah. kids just to be able to speak freely and openly yeah. about pride. And they loved that downtown Brunswick had the um, rainbow walkway yes. over yes. on Union Street. Right. Yep. And they did a, they actually did a walk down to the, the rainbow crosswalk awesome. uh, and did photos for her, you know, for her guides. So part of what the Broden Fellows do is they also have to do a presentation at the end of the summer. Oh, I didn't know that. About what they did. Okay. You know, what I they did at Bowden, summer camp. I met a Bowden Fellow and they were doing, this was a year ago, they were doing the high school garden, the yeah. VHS garden. And this student was from somewhere in southern United States. And again, it was a great opportunity for that student to interact with our Brunswick High School students. So mm -hmm. yeah. Kudos to Brunswick. Which is really uh, to good. To Bowdoin, I mean, and that's awesome. Um, I'd like to maybe wrap up with some things that you, opportunity to hear about, you know, what are some challenges that you face on a regular basis? Right. And then maybe we talk about some positives as well. But I think it's sure. important. Absolutely. I, I, when I talked to you last time, I was, you know, I was, Pleased with a lot of it, but I think there are some challenges that folks should know. Uh, you talked about food insecurity being one of those. Absolutely. In my last podcast, we spoke to Justin Strasberger about food insecurity and what we're doing to work on that. But what are some things that you one know, of the you big challenges that our students in the Teen Center find is getting their driver's license? Oh, really? Because okay. it is so expensive. Mm. And so we now have a Learn to Drive program that we are always looking for sponsors uh, to help us pull together the money to put kids through driver's ed. Yeah, there is not, there's not a lot of opportunities for a driver's ed, is there? Funding, that is. No, it's yeah, impossible to get. My assistant superintendent, uh, Sean Lambert, often speaks about the fact that they're, they're, that's the one area that there doesn't, doesn't appear to be a lot of funding, and you're seeing that in the first hand with the teen center. Right? Absolutely, and so we have had people sponsor it in particular. We've put four kids already, um, Brunswick wow. High School students, through driver's ed. Okay. Uh, and part of it is you can't just put them through driver's ed. You have to have their parents buy in. Yeah. They have to have a car at home that's registered with mm -hmm. car insurance. Mm -hmm. They have to commit that they will help their student, their child, get their hours, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Right. So it's really a family partnership yeah. in a lot of ways, and it doesn't always pay out. Yeah. So we've put four of them through the program. Our fifth is currently just finishing and about to start his hours as well. And yeah, it was about five hundred dollars a pop, five hundred and fifty, mm -hmm. and it's all been privately funded for us so far. Um, so we're at the moment, like I have nine hundred and fifty-three dollars in my Learn to Drive account. Phew. So well, I could put beautiful. I could put a couple more through yeah. right now, yeah. yeah. And I have talked off and on with the school. Um, we and we try to keep it for the teen center members, mm -hmm. and they know. So right now we have a younger sister who will be ready in like six months for driver's oh, ed, yeah. and she, her brother took the program too. Wow. So it's that kind of thing. So it's been incredibly successful, and that's definitely a challenge for our, our teens is to yeah. get through driver's ed, get their hours in place so they can, you know, get their license and then have the ability to go out and get a job without walking. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. You know, Maybe I know we live in a municipality that's, you know, you got some downtown, but the fact of the matter is still is, is it's a rural state, and driving for job purposes. Yeah. I and often it's, hear about some of my my children or their friends, you know, I don't need a job or I don't, excuse me, I don't need a, uh, you know, a vehicle because they live in a certain place. But Maine is not that, you know, that you need a, 
You, oh, you need a car. Able to go somewhere yeah, car you do. Especially, I mean, just Greater Brunswick. You think about Bayview. Yeah, is like right. three miles. Yes. <laughs> outside yes. of Cook's Corner. So yeah, it's really far to get anywhere. So it's yeah. very, very critical for that they get a driver's license. Wow. Um, and so that's been a, a real challenge that we've worked on with the kids. Food insecurity is huge. Is, we feed them as much as we can. We send home as much food as they'll take. Yeah. Um, and we are always looking for people to help us by cooking food for the teen center, bring okay. in a casserole. Yep. You know, we can or organize that with Jordan Cardone. If somebody wanted to make something once a month, they could pick the same day of every month, you know, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. We're all the time looking for, the kids love anything made at home. Yeah. Uh, anything made fresh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because a lot of what they eat is processed. So they're so excited for homemade cookies or, you know, a, a, a cheap pan of brownies or whatever it, whatever it may be. In addition to um, a veggie tray, which you think would be like no one would be interested because like hotcakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, produce oh. is one of the most expensive things in the grocery yeah, so store. so that's what they're going to... Right. Yeah, so you bring in cut up apples, they're gone. Boom. You know, that kind of thing. So, Ooh. yeah, it's very interesting what they will mow on yeah. um, and really enjoy eating that they don't have access to or they don't get it when they're out of you know, out of the school, a lot of them are on free breakfast, uh, free lunch, and then they come and eat dinner with us before they go home. And in the summer, it's one of the most vital parts of the program because they're not in school. Yeah. And so they, you know, roll out of bed around 11, sure. come to the yeah. teen center at one o'clock, and they're starving by the time they get there. Wow. Yeah, they may not have eaten yet that day. Right. So we do a lot place. of food. Um, wow. And then another, you know, part of it is also uh, kind of keeping tabs on some of them with um, their living arrangement. We definitely have some of our teens are considered homeless. Okay. Um, they're couch surfing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in foster situations. They might be at a grandparent's home. Um, or they, you know, if you were sleeping on your mother's boyfriend's couch, that's homeless, right? Yeah. You don't have yeah. a permanent address. No, right, if right, if your mom breaks yeah. up with him, you're no longer on that couch. It's almost transient yeah. in some ways. We definitely have some that are part of the tent city out at White's Beach in yep. the summers. That That's a risk factor that we deal with on a regular basis through yeah. the teen center program. And providing oh, them, I mean, we've done laundry yeah. for kids before. Yeah. We have supplies up at the teen center, toiletries that are expensive okay. to obtain. So we really are their home away from home. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, on a, on a lovely home away from home uh, story, maybe three or four weeks ago, I was talking to um, a mother out in the parking lot and she said that, you know, thank you so much for allowing her son to have his birthday party upstairs tomorrow. And I said, oh, is he having his birthday party upstairs tomorrow? And she's like, wait, you don't know. <laughs> and her son had invited 20 of his best friends oh, to his yeah. other home, basically, yeah. for his birthday party. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. We'll be ready. And so they brought a cake over and we that's ordered pizzas great. that day. And oh. he had his birthday party at the teen center yeah. because Excellent. that's where he feels the most comfortable which is a really lovely, you know, sort of uh, way to, to bring that whole Absolutely. story home. Absolutely. But he could never have done it at home. Right. His mom was so grateful. Yes. She's like, there's no way I could have 20 kids and pay for that and feed them all and yeah. have them in our tiny apartment. Well, that's like I said in my, uh, my article, you know, my said, you know, truly a, a community resource, community, you know, truly it's, that's a heartwarming story and there's so many others. I, I you know, for our listeners, a couple things. One is, um, we brought up homelessness and what we call, uh, you know, McKinney Vento. Our McKinney Vento liaison is Sean Lambert, assistant superintendent. We have a, a large population of students mm -hmm. are homeless or meet eligibility for McKinney Vento. Mm -hmm. So just to put a plug out there, if anybody knows anyone, Sean Lambert is 
our contact. We also have individuals at each school as well. Well, Stacey, the other question, one of the questions they also had was like, you know, does it cost to attend a teen center? And um, if so, or if not, why? And um, can you give me some background on the cost? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's completely free for okay. kids to become members of the teen center program. Okay. Uh, we do have forms that they fill out. They sign um, a commitment form, okay. basically saying they will follow the rules. Um, and their parents sign it. There's like a photo disclosure form that, mm -hmm. you know, they sign. If they don't sign that, we, the release form, we won't take their pictures. But we always make the program free. The food is free. Everything is free to kids, wow. and uh, which is fantastic. We yeah. couldn't do that without the funding sources that we have. Okay. So we are in a building that's owned by the town of Brunswick. So first okay. and foremost, it's, you know, it's a Brunswick-owned facility. Okay. So that's amazing. And then we get financial funding through the town of Brunswick, both for People Plus and the Teen Center program. And then, but on top of that, we have to do a ton of fundraising. Okay. So the funding from the town of Brunswick covers about a quarter of the Teen Center budget. <clears throat> and so on top of that, uh, there's the United Way. Um, there's grants all over the place, Center Fund, the Davis Fund. Um, that sort of thing. And then probably half of the budget is made up through individual contributions. Wow. So, so, half. so let me just say that again because I need to get my uh, understanding here. So about a quarter of it maybe through the town. Yes. And then another quarter through grants and then predominantly Oh, you know, yeah, 50% or more yep. is it's from individual donations. Correct, because wow. the budget's about 80000 I did not know this. Yeah, it's about 80000 okay. And our annual campaign letter writing, you know, is 35-ish yeah. of that. Okay. Okay. Um, we have our one really big fundraiser of the year, Gelato Fiasco Scoopathon. Okay. So we'd love That's for great. you to be a scooper. Oh, it'd be my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, it's Friday, April. Oh no, Wednesday, April twenty-sixth. Okay. So, and I'll oh, remind you awesome. about that too. Yes, but yep, do. April twenty-sixth. That would be fun to maybe do a live remote yeah. if you wanted to on site oh, and talk awesome. with people that are, are that are there yeah, scooping. Supporting. Yeah, and um, yeah, we raise about fifty thousand dollars in just private donations through the course oh. of 40, 40 to fifty, um, and then grant funding and then support from the town of Brunswick. So, and you know, no donation is too small, okay. right? So it yes. all adds up. We have one, actually one graduate of the Teen Center program who is a Bowdoin High School grad as well, who comes back and he does $50 every four to six months and it's only to be spent on snacks. Oh, yeah. Specifically nice. spicy Doritos, if we can get them. <laughs> because they were his favorite and he well, knows he that there, the kids, yeah. Mao on, yeah, they, they like yeah. chow through. So anyway, oh, it, it's it. it's. We wouldn't be able to do it without the, you know, the community support. Yeah. Um, Jim Howard with Priority Realty Group puts forward a $5,000 match every year. And it's been incredibly valuable. Um, so far, it's raised, it's probably brought in over $100,000 for the no teen way. center over the years. Yeah. Wow. He was a homeless youth in his, okay. uh, in his life as well. And yeah. so he'll come in, he'll hang out with the kids, he'll talk with them sometimes. Um, it's just, it's really lovely how much the community comes in together to support these, you know, these youth. And wow. it, it makes a big difference in their lives. Sure so, does. yep, so support funding from the town and from individuals uh, yeah. has made a, it's made a big difference. And it literally is changing the lives of these kids. That's awesome. That's a great way to, to end it, to hear that positive, uh, you know, financial support that you get. And yeah. it's given me uh, some ideas too of how we can continue to collaborate and partner because it's Wonderful. just incredible. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. This has been great. Hey, thank you for listening to the Brunswick Buzz.
The Brunswick Buzz is available wherever you find your podcast.